What's up, Boston? It's Friday, March 31st, and that means it's time again for another installment of the Friday Five, where we update you on the latest news from Boston and around the U.S. I'm Chris Atienza. And I'm Landry Harlan. With the Boston University News Service, or BUNS for short. There's no shortage of need-to-know news this week, so let's get right to it. Michael Flynn, former National Security Advisor, offered Thursday to be interviewed by congressional investigators on President Trump's campaign ties to Russia in exchange for immunity from prosecution, according to his attorney. Friday morning, he was denied by a Senate intel panel who said they are not receptive to his offer, quote, at this time. On an interview with Meet the Press last September, Flynn spoke about officials asking for immunity from an investigation. Five people around her have had have been given immunity to include her former chief of staff, When you are given immunity, that means that you've probably committed a crime. Flynn served as Trump's national security advisor for three weeks before resigning due to misleading Vice President Mike Pence about his contact with the Russian ambassador, according to the Trump administration. The New York Times reported Thursday that two White House officials were involved in giving California House Rep Devin Nunes intelligence reports showing that President Trump and his associates were incidentally included in surveillance efforts. Nunes held a press conference Wednesday to outline the findings and later brief President Trump. Nunes is facing criticism from Democrats, who claim that he is supposed to be conducting an independent investigation into Russia's influence on last year's presidential election. Here's House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, also of California, on the Today Show this morning. He was duped. Now, let's just give, that's the most innocent, most uh, benign characterization, that he was duped. but he should have known better. So a settlement has been reached for the Trump University lawsuits. The AP reported Friday morning that a judge has approved a $25 million settlement for former students of the university. There were over 4,000 claims put against Trump University. AP correspondent Shirley Smith explains what the lawsuits were alleging. The lawsuits allege that Trump University gave nationwide seminars that were like info commercials, and they constantly pressured people to spend more and in the end, failed to deliver on the promises. Gary Friedman, the attorney for Sherry Simpson, says that while this is a victory, his client feels like she deserved more out of the settlement. We're here today because Sherry Simpson wants her day in court. My client was fleeced out of $20,000 that she could not afford to lose by Donald Trump, and she wants everything that she's entitled to, which is, is, and I know we've heard a lot about what a good deal this is, but frankly, under the RICO statute, she can do three times better. She wants to do three times better. And she wants a public trial um, where all the are all the facts and information come to light, not, not having this swept under the rug. In what seems to be a small victory on Trans Visibility Day, parts of North Carolina's House Bill 2, commonly known as HB2 or the controversial bathroom bill, have been repealed. The original bill included a requirement that trans people use the bathroom that corresponded with their birth certificate. This bill had resulted in many protests, which CNBC reports would have cost the state $3.76 billion. Governor Roy Cooper signed the repeal measure, saying how this move is a compromise and the beginning of more work to be done to repair the state's reputation. We are a welcoming state. Our people are welcoming. House Bill 2 was not. But today, our laws are catching up with our people. The repeal removes the limits on trans bathrooms, but according to WUNC, state legislators would still be in charge of public policy. Another change is that the repeal blocks local jurisdictions from passing anti-LGBT discrimination measures until 2020. Trans activist Joaquin Carcano 
says the compromise isn't doing enough for the trans community. Legislators are preparing to sell us out and call it a compromise. The state is letting us know that they value basketball of the lives and safety of every trans person in North Carolina. So, you know the phrase, March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb? Yep, and it looks like we're going to be right this year. Um, Have you looked at the weather report? Yep, the state's about to get a spring snowstorm. Little white fluffy snow lambs. I didn't see that coming, (laughs) but I guess you're right. Duh. Who do you think runs this section? Of course I'm right. So we're (laughs) expecting a spring snowstorm this weekend. Snow and sleet should begin to pick up this afternoon and into tomorrow. Boston is projected to get between three and six inches of snow, with areas in the south getting slightly less, and areas in the north by New Hampshire expected to get between six inches and a foot. Temperature's right on that snow-rain border, though, so uh, slight temperature variation, and we could just end up with a rainy, wintry mix. If we were going to have spring snow, it could have at least come during the week for some snow day potential. But no one ever asks for my input on these things. You know, I'll talk to my meteorologist buddies to see if we can get the storm pushed back to Monday, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, now moving over to Lawrence, where Immigration and Custom Enforcement have arrested five people showing up for scheduled meeting at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Office. Wait, these people were going to meetings at the Immigration Services Office when they were arrested? Yeah, that's what makes this so surprising. We've heard from WBUR that at least three of the five were beginning the process to become legal permanent residents. Typically, ICE agents do not target folks that are trying to enter the process of remaining in the country legally. So, are they allowed to arrest these people? It seems like they're following the rules. So, technically, yes. If the people arrested don't currently have a valid visa or green card, they can be detained by immigration officers, even if they're trying to obtain the paperwork to remain in the country legally. And actually, we have also heard that the five people arrested did have outstanding uh, deportation orders against them. So it's not necessarily surprising that these people were uh, detained. It's more just surprising that they were detained where they were. Right. Uh, This is more a change of precedent than it is a change in laws. In the past, targeting people trying to cooperate with immigration services was seen as a deterrent to getting undocumented immigrants from trying to work with the system. Just a word of caution. This is a developing story. We will do our best to keep you guys up to date as we find out more. Exactly. And finally, we're going to bring Chris in because they were at the self-named free speech bus yesterday. And uh, we're going to pick their mind a little bit. What's up, Rob? How are we doing, Chris? So um, can you explain to our listeners just what the free speech bus was? Now, this concept of the free speech bus originally um, originated, actually, in Spain. Um, They are essentially driving this bus around with um, the words, boys are boys and always will be, girls are girls and always will be. It's biology, and it's just this giant bus that drives around, and somehow the idea came over to the U.S. and is starting on the East Coast, and... It started driving around New York City last week and was in Boston this week. So while you were there, what was the reception like um, of the bus in Boston? Um, from what I have heard from people, we have actually the more tamer reaction to this bus. But as soon as the bus moved from government center to across the street from the state house, uh, protesters were there. And in the sense of they just had signs and were shouting like different chants. One person had a pink megaphone and... It was just they were trying to do their best they could to block the words that were on this bus. 
And did you speak with any representatives from the trans community about um, just what this uh, the day really felt like for them? Yeah, I had a chance to talk to a genderqueer activist named Bobby Taylor, and Bobby uh, was like one of the more, at least older, activists there. And at some point, one of the representatives on the bus got off and was just trying to talk, I'm going to use very strong respectfully here, but I was standing there recording everything for Twitter Live as it was happening, and it was just a strong back and forth disagreement of the two not really hearing each other. Um, the representative was seeking about respect and really not respecting this activist. Bobby just seemed like they he had to try even harder to try to get their voice heard, but it just kept getting dismissed of, we're asking for respect, but at the same time, ignoring the rights to respect these trans people as well, especially since today is Trans Visibility Day. Exactly, yeah. Um, the response from the city uh, has been uh, very supportive of the trans community. I know uh, Mayor Marty Walsh raised the uh, trans flag uh, yesterday um, in you know solidarity with the trans community. Um, and I believe the bus has left town at this point. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it was supposed to uh, go around Boston more, but I think they realized the type of environment they were in. As in, Boston is a very open and accepting city, hence why Walsh raised the flag pretty immediately upon the bus's arrival. It only hit up three spots before parking for the night, and from what I heard, they had to park in a private lot that no one could uh, interfere with the bus. All right, well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, sharing. No problem. All right, guys, and now it's time for science. 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 Science and tech. With Aaron Wade. Woohoo! Internet privacy rules! No, Rob, we're talking about internet privacy rules, not about how much internet privacy rules. That sounds way less fun. I should really read these notes before agreeing to do your segment with you. Sorry to disappoint, but this is important. Both houses of Congress just voted along party lines to roll back internet privacy rules. The rules have only existed since October, and they hadn't gone into effect yet. The Federal Communications Commission had passed the rules to keep internet service providers, or ISPs, from being able to keep tabs on their customers' behavior online and use their personal and financial information to sell highly targeted ads. So what does that mean for the future of my internet? internet privacy. Well, what it means is that your ISP doesn't have to ask your permission before it sells your information to make a neat buck. The repeal of the rules also specifies that the FCC won't be able to make similar rules about internet privacy in the future. So wait, I'm kind of confused. Why would you want to repeal those rules? Right. Republicans and other supporters of this measure say that the guidelines were unreasonably strict and that forcing companies to follow those rules would be bad for innovation. And what does the other side say? Well, to be honest, they're pretty furious. They think people have a right to privacy on the internet and that ISPs shouldn't be able to sell this kind of information without permission. Okay, but what can I do to protect my information in the meantime? One good step internet privacy experts recommend you take is to avoid websites that don't use HTTPS. If a web address just has HTTP before it with no S, you shouldn't visit any parts of the site that you wouldn't want everyone to know about. And you definitely shouldn't enter any sensitive information on it. Google Chrome actually warns you about this if you go to an HTTP page. Next to the URL, Chrome displays a little eye icon that you can click on to get more information. And when you click it, Chrome warns you, quote, 
Your connection to this site is not secure. You should not enter any sensitive information on this site, for example, passwords or credit cards, because it could be stolen by attackers. And HTTPS is an encrypted connection, right? Yes. Some internet privacy experts argue that the encryption provided by HTTPS is all the average internet user needs to keep most of their data private. All right, that's good to know. What else do you have for us this week? Well, SpaceX successfully reused a rocket yesterday, which the company is pretty excited about. It thinks reusing parts from its space-bound rockets will make future launches and missions much cheaper. And Samsung announced a new phone earlier this week. No explosions this time around? Nothing yet. The Samsung Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus are available for pre-order. The dominant narrative surrounding the new phone is, of course, definitely the debacle with the exploding Note 7s last year. But the actual Galaxy S8 is pretty unique. It has no buttons on the front of the phone, just screen. So the aspect ratio of the screen is pretty different from that of basically any other phone on the market. That means developers are going to have to figure out how to make their apps look pretty on Galaxy S8's screen. And that'll do it for SciTech this week. Let's toss it over to Chris and Bree for sports. All right, guys, so it is time for our favorite segment of the Friday Five. It's time for sports with me and Bree. Now, uh, March is ending, so the end of March Madness, which I have been calling March Sadness because my bracket is so broken. So, I so broken predicted one team four teams are left tomorrow we have south carolina going up against gonzaga at 609 p.m and oregon versus north carolina at 849 p.m i am betting for the final game to be north carolina versus gonzaga what about you brie the battle of the carolinas as much as i want the pac-12 to represent finally in the final four south carolina's on a hot streak and north carolina they've been here before they know what to do So the final game will be on Monday, April 3rd to see who wins this year's American Idol. Just kidding, March Madness. (laughs) But moving on from basketball talk to more basketball talk, let's talk about them Celtics. So the Celtics are now on top of the Eastern Conference with a, a half game, excuse me, ahead of the Cavs who are struggling at the moment. I don't know. What's going on with those Cavs? I don't know. I'd never really expected them to be a second half of the season or at least crunch time struggling team. This is going to be fun. It's going to be eight games left this season, so who knows what it'll take. Hopefully the Celtics really ride this last wave and keep benefiting off the end of the year struggles for the Cavs. And hopefully it can carry them to being the next team that has a parade in Boston. Yeah, because, I mean, I know they lost to the Bucks on Wednesday. That's what gave them the half-game lead. Because I know but on Sunday they were a full game ahead of the Cavs. But um, they play the Magic tonight at TD Garden. And with eight games left, let's hope they, uh, you know, close this one out. Uh, what's going on with the Patriots? The You know, this Malcolm Butler contract, it's getting very interesting. They said that he won't be signed by the Saints because the Saints still want to keep their number 11 pick in mm. the draft. But they said that the deal is still on the table. So I don't know what to make of it. All I know is that they have till April 21st to make a decision. Malcolm Butler has to sign his free agency tender of $3.9 million by that time. So the Pats got some decisions to make. Speaking of more ends to the seasons, uh, the Bruins, they are getting really, really close to securing a trip to the playoffs. The team held it together last night. Sorry to our Bun Sports editor, Taylor Ragland, because um, <laughs> the Bruins were able to secure a 2-0 victory over the Dallas Stars. Now, Bruins coach Bruce Cassidy spoke highly of their goalie, Tuka Ross, who had 27 saves on the night, calling wow. the goalie the best player of the match. 
So the Bruins are going to be resting their skates for a bit before heading back onto the home ice tomorrow at 1 p.m. Now, Brie, it's baseball time. Baseball season! I'm so excited to be back watching baseball games and yelling at everyone. It's great. Same. Now, opening day is upon us. Players are either getting their chance to finally start up in the big leagues or be unfortunately sent down to the minors. But either way, it's baseball season. We won't be seeing David Price on the mound just yet. He's actually expected to start the season on the disabled list because of elbow discomfort. Hanley Ramirez isn't even confirmed to be starting off just yet because the Globe is reporting that he's just starting to throw it at 90 feet, so he oh, could man. start being the first baseman for the second series of the season. But as of right now, he is not available. Mm-hmm. Man, they're really getting plagued by these injuries. Spring training was not nice to them. Hey, at least they're having these injuries now before the season really gets down to it. I'd rather have early injuries than crunch time injuries, and you're all just like, no way. But this also could be good news for their new opening day pitcher. Uh, We have a 27-year-old left-hand pitcher, Robbie Scott. He's getting the tab to be the opening day pitcher. Uh, He's pretty new to the majors, but his numbers for the few games he played towards the end of last season seemed promising for the new kid. I mean... be fun to watch. Can't wait. That'll do it for this week's Sports Talk. We will see you next time. I'm going to go head out of here so we can listen to some arts talk. Bree, so good to see you. So good to see you too, Landry. You had a good week? I've had better. You know, I've had better. I feel you. There's some things going on this weekend, though, that might cheer you up. Let me hear it. Let me start by asking, do you like books? I love books. Do you like beer? I'm getting used to it. Well, that's good <laughs> enough for me. We got an event for you tonight, Bree. Beers for books at Harpoon Brewery. Oh. You know, maybe you're more of a cider person. I love cider. You can go have a great cider at Harpoon Brewery, all to benefit the Boston chapter of Room to Read. Um, Room to Read is just an organization that is uh, seeking to, they say, transform the lives of millions of children in developing countries. Books on literacy, gender equality, education, things like that. Things I'm sure we can all agree are needed in the world. Yes. What's going on tonight at Harpoon? 7 to 8.30. They ask for a suggested donation of $20. You can go onto the website to find out how to give money on Eventbrite. Should be a good time. Who knows? Maybe you'll uh, meet some new people for your book club there. <laughs> I hope so. Have you ever been in a book club? I have before, like a couple years ago in undergrad. You get too busy. I can't even read anymore. Like I'm still stuck on... Storm of Swords, the third installment in Game of Thrones. I haven't been able to finish it because life sucks. Listeners, that's a Game of Thrones reference. Note, if you're not watching Game of Thrones or haven't read Game of Thrones, what are you doing? What are you doing? Let's move it right along, Brie. Um, you seem like someone who's pretty nimble on your feet. Yeah. Did you ever take a dance class or anything? I love taking dance courses. Nice. Love them. Any, any ballet ever? From uh, five to seven. I haven't done it in a while. There's an amazing ballet out right now at the Boston Opera House. It's called um, Wings of Wax. I saw this last week. Mm. Before I get to the description, this is a crazy story. Mel Gibson, which is like, I don't know, maybe like 10 seats for me. Mel Gibson. That's right. So you know it's a legit ballet. Mel Gibson's showing up. Wait, you're you're serious? I'm serious. I didn't do anything. Everyone was doing a remarkable job of like pretending that he wasn't there. And here I am just like freaking out. The actual ballet program is great. It's three pieces. One's like more classical. You know, what you probably imagine when you go into ballet, more not cracker-like. Mm-hmm. Then there's a second one's like pretty dark, pretty postmodern, mm. pretty funky. And the last one is fantastic. It's called Cacti. And yes, every dancer on the stage has a cactus in their hands. And it's very funny. It's kind of making fun of really pretentious ballet. <laughs> so I appreciated that. That's at the Boston Opera House this weekend. Tonight and tomorrow 
at 7.30 p.m. Sunday at 1 p.m. If you're a student with a full-time ID, you can get rush tickets for $25 day of the show. But you oh. got to have cash. Oh. So definitely check it out, Bree. I'm sure after seeing that, you'll get right back into your five-year-old ballet lessons. Oh, yeah. Your problem? I hope so. Oh, Bree, this next one's good. You're a big Pitch Perfect fan? I love Pitch Perfect. I've actually never seen it. So Pitch Perfect, you know, involves acapella, great form of music. That I do know. This is pretty fun. Somerville Theater, tomorrow night, 8 to 10 p.m. The 33rd Annual Boston Harmony Sweepstakes Acapella Festival! I'm very excited about it. I don't know if you can tell. There's going to be a whole lineup of great groups. Some of them are called Birdland Avenue, Bostonality, Carpe Singham. The Harmony Sweepstakes was actually the inspiration behind this, the sing-off. You remember that show on NBC, so yes. going to be a lot of great performers there. If you're in acapella, I encourage you to check it out. Tickets are $25 to $35, depending on the seats. But, listeners, special discount code for you. Go on to the Buns website bunewsservice.com and there'll be a link there that will tell you where to get half off tickets to the show so go check that out last but not least last but not least my co-host and honestly fearless leader is really excited about this event Anna May Boston Anna May Boston I know nothing about anime same to you nope I really know nothing except that it's Japanese. Yep, I know names I love of Japan shows. <laughs> and I know names of some shows. Anyways, Anime Boston three-day convention being held at the Heinz Convention Center. There's going to be Japanese pop culture, Japanese animation, comics, everything you can think of if you're into anime. Hmm. I saw some people on the train this morning dressed up for it, and they look like they're having way more fun than me today. Honestly. I did not think they were nerds at all. I was just like, I, I want to be hanging out with you guys. I really do. Like, I get so much joy watching people who are fans who are of things. Who are passionate about things. I'm like, dress yes. up. Yes. So this will be going on Heinz Convention Center. Today, it's already started, going through Sunday at 5 p.m. Tickets a little steep, $65 for the whole weekend, but you can go just for a day, $25. And if you pay in cash there, it's a $5 discount. So $20 for a day, pretty good deal. That's not Not bad. bad. So go check that out. So a great slate of weekend activities, Bree. Hope to see you at some of those. I'll be reading books and drinking beer at night. It sounds like a, (laughs) a, uh, what do the kids say? Lit Friday night. But up, ding. <laughs> Love it. Bree, always nice to see you. Always nice to see you too, man. See you next week. With that, this ends this week's Buns Friday Five for March 31st, 2017. For the Buns Friday Five, I'm Landry Harlan. And I'm Krista Tianza. Have a fantastic week. <laughs>